Hey girl, welcome to the latest episode of Girl.Live, a brew of chats just between us girls, mixed in with stories and experiences we've never told before. Baby, this that tea from Concentrate Hanny, a show where the juiciest conversations start with Girl, it's fresh, it's raw, it is hilarious. Bitch, this is Girl.Live. In this week's episode, we dive into seven men, all right? Seven experiences and profiles of men and guys you will date in your life. We're talking Prince Charming to I'm calling the police. Alas, they helped me grow, us grow. Girl, this is all the squeeze. And if you ain't into men, baby, just stay for the juice. This is Seven Men. Number one, the successful gentleman. You won't meet him at the club. Girl, you ain't gonna meet him at no Sunday, fun day, bar hopping, girl. That ain't it. The successful gentleman is someone that you'll meet at a new coffee shop, very that, at an art gallery, a hotel lobby. Think more like the organic produce aisle. I'm thinking more Whole Foods, more Central Market. Definitely ain't gonna meet him at no fiesta, girl. And it'll start off with a smile and a quick conversation and you'll notice his distinct cologne and what will truly win you over is his charm. Before you know it, you'll find yourself infatuated. And he'll talk about business meetings over brunch and you'll sit there stuffing your face, pretending to care and know what the fuck he's talking about because you don't know what he's talking about. And he'll buy you flowers just because, and girl, baby, we love flowers. He'll always be on time which P.S. is such a huge turn on, and he will talk about his family. You may even get to meet them. What will draw you more to him is his ability to have life all panned out. His ambition will turn you on. Like, girl, that ambition is going to be real sexy, bitch. Sugar daddy, mm, it just depends on how you see it. He'll talk about buying a house, and he may even bring up children. He'll surprise you with flowers at 5 p.m. and he'll tell you how he has a date to the museum all planned out and it ain't gonna be on Thursday, girl, because Thursdays is free. No, bitch, he gonna pay for this shit. And at times, you'll feel a sense of pressure to keep up with his lifestyle. You'll measure yourself to him and wonder how he does it. Like, how the fuck does he have his life all planned out? Like, what the fuck? I can't even fucking fold my fucking laundry, bitch. And his tenacity and his optimism will be so sexy. His confidence will turn you on. He'll push you to dream and to want more for yourself. And because of him, you will learn to love yourself. I think the most important thing about the successful gentleman is that he'll help you set personal goals and he'll show you just how you need to be loved. In the end, he'll help you find yourself. I dated the successful gentleman. And in my story, the successful gentleman was my boss. Oh, I've been putting this off because prior to filming this new series, I had this article, which used to be a very popular article of mine on my previous websites and platforms. And I knew that I wanted to have a true conversation and sit down, girl, give you all the tea, girl. If we said we're going to give out some tea because the juiciest conversation start with girl, Girl, you're going to have to hold on to this one. And I wanted to be transparent. And I've been debating because I've been on hiatus. Girl, she's been busy. She's been booked. She's been here. She's been there. But 
uh, this conversation is something that I've only told a few people and I dated my boss. And I have to start all of this by saying that I was young. In order to understand this fully, you have to know that I was young and I was ambitious. I'm a Capricorn, no big deal. Obviously, like, the background to this story is that I grew up, girl, baby, she grew up po. I'm talking about po-po. I'm talking about we grew up so poor, we couldn't even afford the arb, bitch. We were just po. Um, I'm talking about, I didn't even know that cereal could come in a box, bitch. To us, baby, cereal came in a bag. I don't know what that other shit was. Um, I'm talking about ground beef every night, poor girl. My, my mom, love you to death, mom, would make flautas carne molida. Tacos, carne molida. Tostadas, carne molida. Fideo, carne molida. Girl, ground beef. Girl, we put ground beef in everything, bitch. To this day, I hate ground beef. Anyways, I'm talking about we were poor. My parents did a really great job of hiding the fact that we were poor, but bitch, I knew we, I knew we was poor. I mean, it took me a while. Low-key, I thought that everybody else went off of 59 and Tidwell on the corner and bought their shoes under a blue tent for 2 for $15 when you were about to start school. And I had some fucked up fires paredes knockoff and shoes going to school but bitch i thought i was the shit because my parents splurged 15 dollars. me and my brother no big deal we were poor that's what i'm trying to say anyways at the age of 17 i started to work in hotels and by the age of 18 i started to manage hotels and hotels oh she got them crazy hours and when my competitors went home when they had to go home to their wife and kids and they had to call it a day, I was young and I had no kids, no life, no vices. And I was a true yes person, bitch. She said yes all day. And that led me to one day being a general manager of hotels. I was in the hotel industry for a total of seven years. And when it came to my bosses, when it came to the CEO, the CFO, girl, the CMO, the fucking COO, they were the our my bosses and um when it comes to hotels and like hotel franchisees they were our owners so for the rest of this episode i will refer to my bosses as my owners because i know it kind of kind of sounds weird but they were my owners they owned my hotel property um and with with work i truly found like a home like i could leave my house and go to my job wearing a suit and tie and feel like I felt like I was somebody and my bosses, my owners, they acknowledged me as somebody and it was so fulfilling like, bitch, I ain't got no food at home, but guess what? I'm gonna come here and eat all this shit that they paid for because I'm the boss and they give me an allowance. No big deal. Um, but yeah, I found acceptance with them and I truly found family with them. Bitch, they never asked me if I was gay. I swore I was straight. She swore she was in church. Um, one thing I will say is that they didn't like, and this is part of the context for the la- later on in the story, they did they accepted me. They never asked me if I was no faggot or anything. Um, but they didn't accept women leaders. For some reason, like they would hire females into like high executive positions that were equal to mine. But in the boardrooms, they wouldn't really like acknowledge them. Or like they were like, females just didn't have the same weight. Um, when it came to my owners, my owners, their ethnicity, they were Indian from India and 
we were like family. They said that, you know, they they always tell me that we love Hispanics because Hispanics work just as hard as we do, specifically Mexicans. And here, here I was, my big ass, Mexican ass, gay ass, talking about, <laughs> I got you. Yes, I was a yes person. Anyways, um, so I truly was their protege. Like everyone had a hand in my development. I truly was a mini them and I truly managed my business as if I was them. And I'm going to fast forward to this to say that they would invite me to dinners. They would invite me to um, religious ceremonies that they had. They would invite me to birthday dinners. To them, I was a part of their family. And that's the way that I saw it. So one night we're celebrating a huge acquisition that our company had had. And for the sake of, of protecting people's identities because I know that some of my previous employers and colleagues will possibly be listening to this. I'm not going to say how old I was, but I will say that I was under the age of 23 because uh, I worked in hotels from the age of 17 to the age of 24, but I was under the age of 23. And one night we're at a restaurant and we're celebrating a huge acquisition and the COO is there. The CMO is there. The C, uh, the COO is there. And the CEO's youngest brother, which for the remainder of this show, I will refer to him as Raj. Raj is there. And Raj is the CFO. He's the one with the money. He's the one with the straps, with the Benjamins, all of that. And we're sitting there. At my big ass girl, she got a steak medium well, no big deal, because bitch, I can afford this, and I'm gonna go home, and my mama made Fidel, bitch, and guess what, give me a steak to go, because I'm gonna go feed her too, go, we both gonna eat, and I'm there, just enjoying my, <laughs> just rubbing elbows, bitch, because I know I didn't drink, because she swore she was Christian, girl, she still had a little Christian mingle account, no big deal, and we're there, and it's all the executives, it's, again, the entire, our CEO, and his entire fucking family, and those moments Again, I was under the age of 23. I would sit back and I would just take it all in and be like, bitch, I made it, bitch. I'm an executive. I'm a fucking general manager. I had multiple hotels underneath my belt at this point. And that night is a night that everything changed. We were celebrating again an acquisition that our company had had. And at the end of the night, while everyone was getting tipsy, girl, she was real Christian, girl. She was real apostolic. As everyone got to get tipsy, she got her little bag to go, of course, got a little side, little stuff, took my mom a little steak. And I call one of the chauffeurs and I tell him, hey, can you come pick me up? I'm ready to go. And Raj is like, hey, are you leaving? And again, everyone was tipsy. Everyone was drunk. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I have to actually go back to the hotel. I have to catch on some reports because tomorrow, you know, we're, we're having meetings and I have to present business plans and proposals and contracts and all that stuff. So I want to just go wrap up some loose ends tonight. And then he was like, okay, cool. He was like, let me go back with you. Cause I have to prep some stuff too. So the chauffeur comes, he picks me and Raj up again. Raj is my fucking boss. One of my bosses. He's my main boss of the CEO. He's his younger brother. He's the CFO. And so we get back to the hotel I go to my office and I'm going to paint you the picture. My office was, there was a big old desk. It was the 
the GM's executive office, which is me, duh, and there's a couch. And I go in, and um, it was late at night. All my staff had gone home. Only the night person was like the night auditor was there and like security, and that's it. So I, I get there. I go to my office, and it was normal for me to work late hours. Girl, there was sometimes that I would work up to 16 hours a day. I would sometimes get to the hotel at fucking 8 in the morning, and there would be times where I would go home at 11, 2, 3, 4 in the morning. It was normal for me to be there that late. So I go back. I'm doing reports. And he comes back, and he pulls out his laptop, and he lays down on the couch. And I remember for that moment, like, yes, I was familiar with him. Yes, I was cool with him. But it felt so personal that he took off his shoes. He, like, kind of, like, unbuttoned his shirt. And he, in front of me, like, I'm sitting down, and in front of me is my big-ass couch. He lays down, shoes off, and he's on his laptop. And I thought, well, this is personal, you know? So I'm, I'm typing, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Abraham, um, P.S., the owners and the all the COC, like all the fucking executive team didn't live in my city. They lived in another city and they would visit me periodically, sometimes once a month to do these business meetings. So when they would visit, they would stay at my hotel. And I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm literally dancing on a word because I don't want to give this away. They would stay at my hotel. So I'm there and I'm working late at night. And I tell, hey, Raj, did they give you your key to your room? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, perfect. And he's like, hey, Abraham, like, if you're going to um, be up so late, why don't you just stay here? And there was a lot of times where I would just stay at the hotel because, again, it's a hotel. Uh, maybe I have an unimportant business meeting in the, in the, in the morning and so I won't come I won't have to come back I'm gonna say so Raj is like hey Abraham just stay and I'm like you know what I might take you up on the on the offer so we start talking and I'm totally disregarding the conversation because I'm actually getting fucking work done because I'm a nerd and before I know it he his shirt starts to unbutton more and more and more and he's laying on the couch then I notice that he's just on his phone and he's not doing work he turns on the, the TV in my office. And I just thought, you could go to your room. Like, I don't understand. Like, just go to your room. And I'm doing work. And we're talking. And I knew that he was drunk because everyone had been drinking. And again, I didn't drink. She was hella Christian girl. She was preacher's kid girl. She, she had to give Sunday school the next day, bitch. Um, and I knew he was drunk. And... One thing led to another. And before I knew it, he was standing behind me. I'm in my leather chair at my desk. And he's standing behind me and he puts his arms around my neck. And it got flirtatious. And he started to caress me from behind. I'm sitting down. He's standing up behind my chair. He starts to caress like my chest and my face and my hair. And he... I didn't stop him. I was shocked. I'm straight. You're straight. You're my boss. You're the CFO. What's going on? And because I didn't stop him, uh, he goes to the door of my office and he closes the door. And at that moment, I knew this is heated. Again, I'm not out yet. I'm... 
the fact that I wasn't out didn't mean that I was inexperienced, but I had very little experience. So, um, he kisses me and I kissed him back. And here I was a less than 23 year old young guy that was ambitious and would do anything to move forward and would do anything to solidify my career. Here I was late at night. My boss had just made a move on me and he kissed me and I kissed him back. We, I stood up and we just caressed each other for a moment and he pushed me back down to my chair and said, I'll let you go. I have to get some rest. And he left and I finished my reports. I could not sleep that night. I just felt like, what the fuck just happened? And for some reason, I felt guilty. And don't get me wrong. This is not going to turn into like a Me Too story because there was no Me Too because this entire thing was very consensual and bitch, she was Girl, she was down. She was DTF. She was down for the get down. No big deal. She was here for it. She was living her best life. But the dynamic was like, obviously he was my boss. Like it came from, he obviously had the upper hand. He had the power. He had the privilege that he was a CFO. Girl, I was trying to make some money, girl. Um, The next day I present uh, our meeting and I present projections and contracts and I present budgets and all this stuff and I felt different and I felt I guess my biggest fear was today will he reject me like after the fact that like we kissed last night and he caressed me and he touched me and will he reject me today and I just didn't want to be rejected so after our meetings are over I go back to my I'm literally treading so lightly because I'm going to fuck up this story. I go back to my office and he meets me in the office and he tells me, hey, I just want to apologize for yesterday if I was too forward. And I say, no, you were fine. (laughs) Give me more, bitch. And he says, do you want to have dinner with me? And I say, yes. And we go have dinner. He takes me to a place I had never been. And normally our conversations were led with projections and budgets and business analysis and all this stuff. And we go have dinner. And for the first time ever, I just have dinner with him. And he's just Raj. And we talk about, you know, hobbies and interests. And for a second, I think, bitch, this is a fucking date. We get back to my office. Again, this is like the next day. And he makes another move. And this time, things got intimate. And I will just keep it at that. I remember um, things got intimate. And the next day, he leaves. He has to go back home. P.S. He was single. He wasn't married, girl. I'm not that kind of girl. Yet. Right now. Uh, So he goes back home the next day. And I'm just like, no one's going to believe this. And no one has to believe this because this is my story. This is my secret. Um, And we were intimate and it was a big moment for me. Again, I'm 23. Just because I'm not in the closet doesn't mean I'm inexperienced, but I had little experience. 
and my paycheck rolls around about a week later. And when my paycheck rolls around, I see that there's a bonus on my paycheck. And the approver in the memo little thing, like on the little side thing, it just has a bonus. And it was a $300 bonus that Raj had approved. And I remember looking at my check and thinking, I think I just got paid for sleeping with one of my bosses. I didn't know how I should feel. Um, it didn't stop there. His, Him and his brother and their other relatives, because I really want to tread lightly. Um, I was their protege when it came to work, and they would have me do projects that were outside of the realm of what I was supposed to do, and they would have me work on confidential things for them and get things done. And I was their dirty hands. When they didn't want to get their hands dirty, I would take care of it for them. And when they wanted to get rid of someone or fire someone, I was the person that made it possible by any means necessary. And that meant that if I have to fire, and I'm just going to say a name, if I had to fire Susan, bitch, because they're tired of Susan, and they say, Abraham, we don't know how to get rid of Susan. We just don't like her. We don't like her hair. We don't like the way she dresses. Get rid, get rid of Susan. It was my job to get rid of Susan at any means necessary because the CEO doesn't want her here. And I had to do it in a legal way. So I was a person that would jump hoops and bounds and leaps and mountains to make sure that things got done. If they wanted it, I, got, I made sure that it got done. And it turned into me being their cleaner and their fixer and me doing their dirty work. And every time that I illegitimately got rid of someone, they gave me a bonus. And the first time I got rid of an associate that they just didn't like, and there was no reason. They just didn't like the person because the person had talked back to them in an executive meeting and I got rid of them. And on the next paycheck, I saw a bonus of like, it was like $200. And I remember being like, the fuck? Yeah. Y'all got anybody else? Y'all, let's get rid of everybody. Shit. Um, And so they started to use me that way. And I was, again, I was ambitious. Like, I wanted to make a name for myself. I wanted to be somebody. I didn't want to be just that poor kid that didn't make it. I was a hotel executive and I was under the age of 23. And what they said, I did it. Um, The thing with Raj continued to escalate. And he started to visit more often and it was um, more intimate every time. And yes, I know you're like, wait, girl, intimate how? Yes, it was sexual. Yes, it was romantic at times, like going to dinner, going on dates, but it was mainly sexual. And I learned how to um, separate the two things. When we were at work together in the hotel with doors open, it was Raj, my boss, the CFO. Hey, sir, can I have you look at this? Yes, sir. Blah, 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 blah. Very that. 
and I knew how to differentiate the, differentiate the two and separate the two. And it was easy for me because I didn't feel like I was dating him. I just felt like that's my boss and that's my assignment. And I want to get ahead. And again, I was ambitious. I didn't want to go home and eat ground beef. I was tired of the ground beef, bitch. And I say this to say that this went on for a very long time, almost a year. And every time that I had a corporate visit, um, I would have sexual encounters with the CFO. And every time that the CEO would visit me and give me an, a new task and have me get rid of someone else or have me um, find loopholes in the system for this or that or have me, ugh, I can't believe I'm saying this, or have me like falsify projections to show to a client that was interested in signing a multi-million dollar contract and I just had to falsify the projections and then the numbers and blah, blah, blah. I was getting paid for it, whether it was from the CEO for being his fixer or if it was from the CFO for a girl throwing that ass in a circle. No big deal. She was getting paid. And I was beginning to see the fruit of that. Like my checks, bitch, checks are fat as fuck. So the point of this story is that I dated my boss. He was a successful gentleman. I looked up to him. I found myself mesmerized by his confidence, mesmerized by the fact that money wasn't an obstacle for him. And I would sometimes come come into work, 8 a.m., my personal assistant, my assistant managers, having executive meetings in boardrooms. And I would walk in and they would say, Abraham, there's flowers here for you. And I knew that they were from Raj. And I knew that they were from like him saying, hey, like, I'm into you and I'm, I'd be sitting in my office looking at flowers and he would call and talk business and say, Abraham, I need you to get this done by three o'clock today. Blah, blah, blah. And I knew that that was his way of saying, PS, I hope you liked your flowers. Oh, that sounds so psychotic because that's not me, but we separated everything. Everything was separate. Like it was very transactional. It was transactional and I was okay with that. And one day they tell me that they want me to eliminate an executive. And this executive was a, a, the same um, status as me. Like we were like the, the same job level. And normally I would, hi I, I would fire executives that were under me but not everyone that's like on the same level as me. That's like, that's their job. And they tell me, we want you to get rid of this person ASAP. So I visit this person's hotel and I walk into her office and I did what I would always do. I would tell them that I had been sent by the CEO to audit their property. And I show up. And she was shocked to see me. And I told her, hey, like, I'm going to be staying and working at your location for a couple of days. I would love full access to your systems 
and to your records because I just want to make sure that everything's in place. I know you're doing a great job. Thank you so much. But I just want to verify. And what my job was to do is to, I wouldn't move money, but my specific instruction instructions were to fuck up her reports. So the reports that she would use to report revenue, they want they wanted me to purposely fuck them up. Because then I could say, hey, numbers don't add up. What's in the bank is in the bank, and that's fine. But your reporting is way off, and there's a problem. And I get there, and I ask her for her keys, and I sit in her desk, and I turn on her computer and I start to audit her and she says Abraham why are you here and I I say I told you like I'm here to audit you you know the CEO has sent me to come audit you and she closes the door she's like what the fuck are you here for and I had never spoken to her this way I'm gonna call her Diana I would never spoken to Diana this way and I'm like what like chill like i'm just here to audit you like that's it i'm sure everything is where it should be and she starts to pace door closed and she says abraham i know what you're doing and i tense up but i can continue to type and look at files and numbers and i'm just waiting for her to leave so i can just fuck up all her shit because i have specific instructions to make sure that i get rid of her that i eliminate her and that I find a problem. And there was no problem. That was just my job. They That was my instruction from my bosses was just to get rid of her. I didn't care if she had a mortgage. I didn't care if she had a kids. That wasn't my job. That wasn't my task. My task was to do as I, as I was sent to do. And I was a yes person. And she says, she, she starts to fight. And no one else had fought me on me letting them go. And on me... Manipulating, manipulating and coercing their demise. No one had ever stood up to me. And she, with the door closed, she's like, Abraham, like, I know what the fuck you're doing. And I'm at this point scared as fuck. I grab my phone and I text Raj. And I said, I text him and I say, I need your help. And as I'm texting, she says, Abraham, you think I don't know what the fuck you're here for? She says, you're here to let me go and you're here to fuck up my shit. And my blood turns ice cold and I continue to play it off. I'm typing and she says, Abraham, look at me. And I'm like, girl, chill. You're good. And in my head, I'm like, bitch, I'm gonna have to drag this shit out for days because now I can't just do it right now because it'll be real obvious, bitch. She says, Abraham, look at me. And I wouldn't look at her. And she's like, Abraham, look at me. And when I turn to look at her, she says, you don't think I know what's going on? She says, you're just the flavor of the month. And my heart sinks to the pit of my stomach. And she says, Abraham, everyone knows you're fucking Raj. And my heart completely stops. And I continue to type and act like I'm working. And I look away and she says, Abraham, if it if it's if it's you right now, 
don't think that they'll never do this to you. Like, don't think that they'll never get rid of you like they're getting rid of me. Like, you're just their puppet right now. And you're just a little protege. But one day, like, it'll be you. When they get tired of you, it's going to be you. And he says, I mean, she says, you're not Raj's first and you won't be Raj's last. And when she said that, I completely, like, felt humiliated. And I tell her, like, I need you to step out while I finish this. Like, I just need to audit you. And she steps out. She walk. She comes back with a box pack full of shit. And I'm like, where are you going? She's like, Abraham, I just want you to know that everybody knows you're fucking him. And I dismiss her. And I tell her, you know what? Go home for the day. You've had a long one. We'll reconvene tomorrow. She gives me her keys and she says, fuck you. I'm out of here. She leaves. I close the door. I'm shocked. I'm pale in the face. I'm so afraid. And I call Raj and I tell him, it's done. He says, call my brother and tell him it's done too. Call the CEO. And I said, Raj, I don't think I did it the right way. And he says, why? I said, she said some things. I tell him what she said. And he blows it off and says, oh, she's just a bitter old bitch. Blah, 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 blah. Long story short, I come back to my hotel. And within a matter of days, Raj is there to visit. His brother is there to visit the CEO. And it's business as usual. It's the CEO telling me, Abraham, I need you to take care of this for me. And Raj telling me, Abraham, tonight, 11 o'clock, meet me in my hotel room. Business as usual. And the next day I wake up and I had an employee meeting with all of my staff to introduce new like procedures and protocols. And I'll never forget what I felt as I delivered like the new procedures and protocols that I couldn't look my own staff in the face. Like I, I just wondered like, do they know, like, do they really know? Like who I want to like show of hands who here knows that I'm the biggest hoe in this fucking building. I felt so humiliated and I felt so like, Oh my God. Like who know? I felt embarrassed. Like, what do you mean everyone knows? And I just wanted to say, like, have y'all heard that there's a hole here? And if they looked at me, I, oh, I was mortified. And that didn't let that didn't let me be at peace. And I remember going back to my office and crying, closing the door. My personal assistant being like, bitch, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I just cried. He didn't know what was going on. And I just felt like... Who knows? And this is going to sound really crazy. And it's something that I've, I learned, thank God, from this. Is that in that moment, I couldn't help but wonder, does my staff, does my team, do my executives listen to me and obey me? And like, like do they do they do as I say because I'm the boss and because I'm a good leader? Or do they do as I say because, well, bitch, he's fucking the CEO's brother. Or, bitch, 
like we know his dirty work. And that's when I had to come face with my own integrity of, wait a minute, have I gotten to where I've gotten in my success because of my doing and hard work and my hard effort and because of my countless dedication and investment of myself? Or have I just fucked my way here? P.S. I never slept with a boss before, before that. Um... But as a Capricorn, as someone that that saw my like felt very highly of myself, and because of my achievements, I couldn't live with myself. And when I told Raj that that I felt uncomfortable, his reply to me was, "It is what it is." And his mindset was like. Baby, it's just business. And I knew that it was business, but it had to become transactional and I couldn't make a return. Like it was transactional, bitch. And it was just so, I was mortified. So a month later, I put in my two weeks notice and I transfer to a new set of hotels with a new family. And that was that. When I leave, Raj tells me that if I ever regret it and if I ever want to come back that I will forever have a job with him in at, at his company and with his family and that was that and there were times in my life at different moments where I had to come back to the drawing board that I thought to myself bitch I need a job right now I could literally call Raj and get a job because he told me that I could have a job for the rest of my life with him and I believe that he would give me a job. But I've always debated with myself of dating the successful gentleman. I think that for me what I learned is that dating someone that's successful is great and dandy. But you have to be okay with your worth. And I think that for me my worth as a big old hoe for show, I didn't know what it was. And I didn't know like... Yes, I was literally technically getting paid to fuck my boss. A bonus. Every paycheck, bitch. Cha-ching. But I didn't find worth in that. And I know that a lot of y'all going to be listening to this and be like, bitch, I'm logging off. Turn this shit off. He dumb as fuck. But I can't tell you what I felt when Diana looked at me in the face and said, pretty much, you ain't shit, bitch. You just giving it out. You're getting paid, mad props. But you ain't shit. You just giving it out. And me feeling like I ain't shit. Girl, I said tea on that. I think that for me, dating the successful gen, gen dating the successful gentleman, I found for me wasn't as fulfilling as I hoped it would be. It was fun. It was invigorating. It was thrilling. I got to eat some bitch. She stayed fed all day, every day. She, I got gifts from him. I got flowers from him. I got really great. Um, like he was like very detailed in the way that he treated me. And when, again, when we were at work, it was strictly work. And when, when we weren't at work, it was so much more than that. But I realized that that can only, that for me, 
for myself that could only do so much for me because I wasn't being girl in the end it was probably sexual relationships like once a week when we would have business meetings but in the end that just wasn't like the sex wasn't enough for me the money wasn't enough for me I just wanted to feel like I was worth more than that and go ask my story that's number one on the seven men you will date in your life the successful gentleman I would love 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 to hear from you guys if you've ever dated number one the successful gentleman if you have please let me know on instagram send me a message send me a dm ps i love reading all of your dms i feel so weird ps i like i'm gonna turn this off right now and go like do a little skincare but i'm in shock that i just shared this story with you guys because I don't regret it. I don't regret walking away from the successful gentleman. And sometimes we love sugar. Don't get me wrong. Like the idea of a sugar daddy sounds amazing. But for me, I just needed more than that. If you've ever been in the same situation, please let me know. If you've ever dated your boss, if you've ever dated a bitch, if you've ever had a sugar daddy, bitch, let me know how that went. Leave me a comment. Uh, If you are on Spotify, make sure that you're following this podcast. Make sure that you listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple on the podcast app. And please follow me on Instagram at GURL.live. Again, that's GURL.live. On Twitter, it's G-U-R-L-D-O-T-L-I-V-E. I cannot wait to hear your stories. And stay tuned for the rest of the series on The Seven Men.